after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about good ones and bad ones. And ones where people say weird shit like this. Long, long, My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. So um, we thought about doing a show today that was all about sweets and meats. Yes. We're going to do just candy commercials and meat commercials. Right. Because they rhyme. Because they rhyme. And you, the wiser among us, said, <laughs> why don't we just tackle one at a time? Yeah. Uh, it felt like a little bit of a tall order to try to connect those two ideas. Sweets and meats. So we are going to just talk about sweets today. A little yeah. sugar, sugar. Just sugar. Yeah. It, um, you know, it's uh, we are we are addicted to sugar. And I'm always kind of amazed when I watch TV commercials and they advertise these things to children, um, but all really to all of us that are just like sugar bombs. And then if you learn anything about, like, how many calories you're supposed to have in a day or whatever, like, if you ate even a fraction of what they show people eating on, you know, in the commercials with for sweet stuff, you would just die. Yeah. Well, what if we were in New England uh, this weekend and we were getting some of these coffee culotta things that we used to yes. drink when we lived up there, which is basically like kind of like shaved ice and coffee and flavoring. And you looked at the I mean, this now we're a little bit already outside of candy talk, but you looked at um, the the menu on the board there and it had like more calories than you're supposed to have in a day. Yeah. The largest one, um, which is the like the culotta, like the fruit flavored culotta, which is just sugar water. It's just a Slurpee. You know, they're now they're required. And this is at Dunkin Donuts. They're required to to put the calorie uh, amounts mm-hmm. on the on the board on the menu menu board, and the largest one was like eleven hundred and almost twelve hundred calories, which is um, for me that's about how many calories I should actually just have mm-hmm. in a whole day. So that's easy then. You just have one of <laughs> just those. Have one of those, and you're set. One in the morning, a go. glass of water at night. Yeah, <laughs> seems like a. Uh, and um, also the ad council. Did I see a jingle down here? There's at least a, one. I think there's one jingle. Um, and then some some other things from our Facebook page that mm-hmm. I wanted to share with uh, the broader listenership. And just a reminder, if you want to call our listener line and leave us a jingle, a jingle that you love, a jingle that you hate, I just want to hear you sing. Call 607-444-5597. Let's get into this. Sugar. Oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me wanting. First one you have the uh, you have on the rundown here is one of my favorite campaigns running right now. In fact, I think the maybe the reason we landed on this as a topic is we did a cheese and G's last week. We did a whole show based on some of our favorite and least favorite campaigns out there. And I, I forgot this one, the Twizzlers campaign. I love this. I maybe even disproportionately. Like maybe you can talk me down a little bit. <laughs> um, well, I don't. I'm not a hater, but I, I think you. It really speaks to you. It really does. It is a series of commercials. The first one I saw is a guy who is staring directly. There's a whole bunch of them. People different ages, different races, different genders, all that stuff. The very first one I saw though was a guy. He's looking directly at the screen, sternly. Plain white background, just looking directly at the screen, making not a grimace, but just kind of a stern face. Young guy, I'm going to say 20s or something. And then a Twizzler comes in from out of frame, dangling down in front of his face, starts kind of tickling his nose. You can't tell if it's actually touching him or not. I think it's I think it's actually tickling his nose or it's just waggling in front of him. You never see where the Twizzler is coming from. And he tries to stay stern. He tries to stay stern, but eventually he can't take it anymore. And the Twizzler tickling his nose just makes him break down. It's very cute. And then at the very end, it says you can't be serious. 
uh, with Twizzlers. And at the very end, he finally just like reaches up and grabs the Twizzler with his teeth and pulls it down. I didn't realize at the time uh, that this was a whole campaign. Um, there's one now running with uh, Ronda Rousey. Is that her name? The Fighting Lady. The Fighting Lady. Yes. Is there any? Th- the is this one different? Is there a twist on this one? Ooh, a twist. Uh, no. I mean, this is actually a big campaign. They've been doing a ton of these ads, but it's there's very little variation within the campaign. It's always one person um, in it's it's a single shot with one person. Sometimes the camera moves around a little bit, but basically the person is asked clearly to like stay as serious as they can for as long as they can until the sight of a Twizzler just like hitting them on the nose mm-hmm. or like waggling in their face makes them crack up. Yeah, and I, they can take uh, a lot of unknown people or every now and then if you want to strike a deal with somebody like Ronda Rousey, you yeah, slot her in there. She's it's just the like, only person I recognize, but I'm also uh, so out of it these days yeah. that some of these people could be known to the youth that I, and just not to me. It's the only one I know too, and, and I just like it. It's so simple. It, it reminds me a little bit of the ad campaign. For, we mentioned it last week, as a matter of fact, for the... Um, Pistachio for the um, what's the brand pistachio? I'm trying to think of. Uh, they, they also do the juice. Oh yeah, the palm does pa- the palm p- wonderful pistachio commercials. Yeah. There's like plain white background, and then they can slot in somebody usually famous, but I don't think has to be, and talk about how they crack a pistachio before they eat it. Right? Yeah, that's right. And um, you know, I think like this campaign that uh, the the pistachio campaign, the there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's campaign. Um, they all hit on something kind of similar, and it's this idea that snack food is meant to be enjoyed in a fun way, and that like you can have fun. And think about like all the snacks that we, when we were kids, that were like so much more about the process of the, mm-hmm. eating the snack than just getting it. In. I mean, I remember Fun Dip. I never had it, but I remember it. Oh, you yeah. never had it? No. Were you, was it like pro- prohibited in your we house for I some mean, reason? You know, we ate a lot of sugary stuff, but for some reason, we weren't like big on just going and getting candy necessarily. Well, we weren't allowed to have it in like our house house, but mm-hmm. if you were at the pool, it was one of the snacks at the pool snack bar. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, that's that how I would use my $2 of snack money at the pool bar. I mean, talk about sh- like unadulterated sugar. Like Fun Dip is a bag of sugar with a stick of sugar that you lick and dip in the sugar and then eat the sugar off of the sugar stick. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty pretty amazing that like that's just food that that's food. Well, but then you have that. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me that my family wasn't really into a stick that you lick multiple times. That <laughs> we weren't like con- cotton candy people, but yeah, when you think about candy especially for little kids, it's Were they not very, even, was, was your family very like uh sort of uh did they shy away from anything that would be like real germy like that? Yeah, well, you know me, like I the know idea you. of like licking. Yeah, and I get that from my folks. That's yeah, better, certainly, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think you raise a good point. It's all about like how you get it in there. Like, did that taste tons different than a pixie stick? No, I'm sure it was all made from the same sugar factory, right? And but that's like kind of a. That, I think even of bubble tape, it's like, mm-hmm. well, how do we sell more gum? Well, what if we change the shape of it? I mean, there's a million examples of. It's more about how weird is the candy, right? Or how, how different? How come? How can a child enjoy this in some sort of um, like performative way? Like mm-hmm. fruit by the foot is basically just bubble yeah. tape, except it's a fruit roll up. Sure. Um, Twiz, this Twizzler campaign, it's not really. They're not changing their product to make it more flashy or weird. It just, like you said, though, it kind of captures the frivolity of it. And mm-hmm. I just, again, though, I think I like the campaign so much because it is so affordable yet so pleasurable. I think there's plenty of room to just like really. I don't know. It's very charming, but also just so adaptable. Like, I just honestly feel like they could just keep this one rolling for decades and, you know, with small changes. But it's just like it's I don't know. I think it's I think it's really brilliant in its simplicity. Do you like Twizzlers? Yeah, I like Twizzlers okay. Yeah, that's how I feel about him, too. Yeah. Somebody was eating a Twizzler uh, on the airplane next to me yesterday. And I was like, oh. Uh, it was a very, very stuffy airplane, so I could smell it. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that smells good. I didn't take it from her. Uh, all right, now, fruit gushers. I don't even really know what those are. This is one of those, you know, exciting ways to ingest candy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's some kind of gummy type of candy that when you bite into it has like a liquid center. Okay. And I want to talk about these commercials because I'm so baffled by commercials where they really show you something they associate something so gross with their product um this first one is called soap and i'll since it's a little bit hard to tell what's happening there's not a ton of dialogue i'll just describe it there's a young man 
a young white guy in a what looks like a public bathroom and he goes to use the soap dispenser you know that you push and like liquid soap pours out Mm -hmm. and when he sees that it's like a colored gooey liquid that this that's the soap he then sticks his mouth under it to eat some of the soap as if he is confused that it's going to be like the sweet liquid in the center of a fruit gusher and when that happens somebody bursts out of one of the stalls to set him straight okay Ew! That doesn't taste like a gusher. Ah! Just because it goes doesn't mean it's gush. Wasting my time. Sounds like gush. Wow. Yeah, right? It's gross. Just because it goos doesn't doesn't mean mean it's it's gush. gush. Yeah. I am. T- I know I'm so old, but that is so vile to me. Well, everything I don't think you're about the target audience. I know I'm this. not the target audience, but everything about it is disgusting. He gets down almost. If I told you this, I feel like we've talked about this on the show before. You know, when I was growing up, we were forced to eat soap if we were um, caught swearing. Mm-hmm. Not in my house, I don't think, but certainly in school. Went to like a like a tiny like rural grade school, and I remember. Some kids, it only happened a couple of times, and it did happen to me once, but I think the teacher took hand soap like that and put it on her fingers and then wiped it on my tongue because I said a bad word. That's disgusting. But I've never sworn since. (laughs) Do you remember what you said to earn that punishment? No, I don't. I I really don't. And we swore so much. (laughs) Like, nobody swears like little kids. Little kids love swearing. Oh, it's the best. God, when they discover it. Okay, so uh, what's the other Gushers commercial? It's similar. I just wanted to talk about how gross these are. This is a woman. This is a young girl, I guess a kid, um, who's at some sort of like marine biology lecture. And the lecturer is talking about how um, the squ- he holds out a squid and sort of like presses it, and some gross squid oh, no. goo comes out oh, of it onto no. his hand. Oh no! She's gonna try to eat that. And she tries to oh, eat it. God. When a squid is agitated, it'll sometimes Ugh. release a sort of. Oh, she licks it. Ew! That doesn't taste like a gusher. Just because it goos doesn't mean it's gush. gush. He, hold- he holds up a starfish, which says the the uh, tagline there yeah i don't know again i'm pretty dismissive of these commercials they're just like look how weird we are yeah it's look how weird we are but skittles and starburst and mountain dew for the most part stayed within a realm that was absurd but stayed to one side of like associating their product with something that's viscerally gross Mm -hmm. and i just don't know how they how fruit gushers expects anyone to put their product in their mouth when that's the visual imagery that associates with kids love grossness though i guess they do but these kids are like teenagers but maybe that's maybe their kids in the commercials are teenagers but the kids who are watching it are like tweens or or preteens sure yeah also I don't know if this is relevant, but it seems like in the era of like kids eating Tide Pods, yeah. we need to be awful careful about showing people eating soap. They actually, that's a really good point. Maybe they could do some sort of, you know I love it when brands get together. Right. Maybe they could get Tide. together and be like, don't eat Tide Pods. Do eat fruit gushers. Do eat fruit They're the gushers. Tide Pods of your mouth. Good Christ. Why are they not doing that? <laughs> this is, we've had so many good ideas on this show, but this is by far the best one yet. I'm not even joking. I can foresee some unintended consequences. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Um, you don't think that Tide wants to lean into that? No, I don't think that Tide wants to. You don't Tide think that they want to amplify that? I don't that? think they want to like have some sort of like... Buy a bag of Tide Pods and get a find a free thing of fruit gushers in it. That feels like a feels like an idea that could go south so quickly. That is so great. All right. That feels like a good like SNL parody yeah. or something. Um, Sour Patch Kids. Do you like Sour Patch Kids? I feel like I'm the Sour Patch guy of this relationship. Well, I wanted to talk about these ads, not because I particularly I have any particular love of Sour Patch Kids. I would say in general. Not that I'm super picky. I mean, I will eat, like, a lot of these, like, gummy fruit-flavored candies. I mean, you know, I'll eat them. But if I'm going to go out and get a sweet treat for myself, like, if I'm, like, I know I'm going to want, like, a dessert tonight after dinner or whatever, Mm -hmm. I'll almost always opt for something that's either a baked good or a dairy treat, like ice cream or As opposed to, like, wasting those calories on a candy. Yeah, candy for me is, like... I'm bored and there's and candy's in front of me, but it's very rare that or I Or the movies. You eat candy at the movies. I do eat candy at the movies, but even then I'm getting what do I get? I get junior mints. That's true. I don't typically get the fruit candies. 
I'm not a huge candy guy, but you know when I tend to eat candy? When? For dinner. I love candy for dinner. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I knew that would get you. One more time. <laughs> I know we want to hear in the clear. I love candy for dinner. What about you? That's your favorite piece of audio I ever. I love it. Right? I love Mick it. Kroll. All right. So what's going on with this? Uh, Cesar. Sour, <laughs> what's going on with this Sour Patch Kids commercial? So uh, so this Sour Patch Kids, if you aren't familiar, um, are these little, they're gummy candies. They're shaped like little big-headed figures, little anthropomorphic figures. They are, they're a sour gummy but then they finish sweet, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a fine Chardonnay. Yeah, right, right. Um, I don't know if that's true about Chardonnay. I won't drink it. Um, but the premise of their campaign right now is um, first they're sour, then they're sweet, which is, I think, kind of a clever tagline it because it yeah. tells you about the product, but then they they um, literalize it or they sort of like... they. Uh, acted out by having the Sour Patch Kids come to life, these candies come to life and do something really mean to a person and then like kind of make it up to them. Yeah, I've seen a few of these, but I don't think I've seen this one. What's going on here? It's a guy driving his car through like a toll? Yeah. So you got a guy thing. driving a, a car um, through what it appears to be like a, it's like one of those a, a gatehouse with a, a gate arm, right? It right. And it's not clear what he's trying to get into. It's not important. It's like where Mike works in Better Call Saul. I think that clears it up for everybody. Yes, that's a that very specific reference. Mm-hmm. will definitely clear it up. No, it's a gatehouse with a with an arm. Um, but the arm keeps coming down on his car, like banging on the hood of his car. And we realized that. I was so scared of that as a kid. <laughs> I was like, how do these arms never come down on us? I was always so nervous going through them. Are you still a little bit nervous? A little bit. Um, we see that a Sour Patch Kid, which is probably about 100 times its actual size, is operating the arm from within the gatehouse. First, they're sour. Come on! Then they're sweet. Then the next thing we see, the, cool. the Sour Patch Kid has come <laughs> out of the gatehouse and is putting one of those little smiley face balls yeah. on the top of the car's antenna. So that's I, that's the sweet payoff, and the the sour is like the banging the arm on the car. But what I don't get about these commercials is like, and I don't know if it's supposed to indicate the percentage to which the candy is sour versus the percentage to which it's sweet, but the sour thing they do is always way, way out of proportion to however they make it up to you. Well, that makes sense because, I mean, what if you were to describe eating a Sour Patch Kid, you wouldn't even, I wouldn't even describe the sweet part. I would just say, oh, <laughs> yes, it, I would say, you know, like it's a gummy bear except it's got a sour coating. Right. You know, so I think that makes sense. Um, I really why, like that. Why, I think why is candy got to be jerks? You don't like it. So many of these candy and, and just generally like sweet stuff ads that they advertise, and I guess this gets back to the thing like kids are, kids are whatever kids are weird kids like gross stuff but so much of it's predicated on the candy or the candy consumer being gross or mean or Mm -hmm. jerky or bad somehow like there's a lot of negativity associated with candy is what i was my big takeaway i think that has i think that has more to do with our um just current advertising culture don't you think do you think it's candy and particular it feels more like can- it's definitely more candy than insurance mm, or yeah. more candy than cars mayhem is kind of an asshole <laughs> <laughs> mayhem whatever mayhem it makes me laugh every time you say that um mayhem is an asshole that is true um but i think he would be the exception to the rule you know you've got um i mean obviously flo and jamie are they they might be goofuses and a little mm-hmm. bit um, weird with it, with each other, but they're always they always treat the customer with respect. Yeah, that's true. Um, I would say that's true of J.K. Simmons's character in um, whatever that one was. Yeah, the Farmers. Hall of Hall of Claims. Yeah. Um, I think in general, products that are marketed to adults are marketed with what tends to be more respect. Yeah, more just sort of kindness and respect. Um, and candy. And sweet stuff is marketed towards definitely, if not actively, children than younger people. I will note that the guy in the Sour Patch ad was old enough to drive a car. Right. I have to put that guy in his probably very early 20s. Um, what do you got for Oreos here? Well, speaking of, I mean, that you know, this is like talk about the exception that proves the rule. Oreo has really predicated its brand on this like 
family and love and um very similar their old campaign was um really getting into how you eat an oreo yeah yeah the like the, do you twist the, it do you process, dunk it like yeah. that was a really smart campaign yeah oreos kind of all over the map they have so many products now they've got like a candy bar that's got oreo stuff in the middle they've got oreo thins um They've got uh, which I don't get. Like, just eat a goddamn Oreo or don't. Yeah, they got the double stuff. The double stuff. They have like triple stuff. I now. know. I, was, I grew up as a double stuff family. We were. We didn't really, but we didn't have. We didn't often have a bag of Oreos in the house. We I did. Don't think. Well, we didn't often have them because they didn't last. <laughs> oh my god! I would even throughout high school. I remember I would just come in and like. Oh, I shouldn't even admit this. High school, I wasn't. That was the, probably the skinniest I ever was because I hit puberty and I stretched out a little bit. But I would still come home and I would just take the whole thing of Oreos down to my room. I would turn on the kids in the hall. It was on broadcast TV really late at night, and I would just like, isn't it like rows of three, like three rows of Oreos in a package? Yeah, I could do damage. Wow. I could like, I could suck up one of those rows. I had to use a lot of willpower not to eat a whole row. It's amazing that we all live to adulthood. Um, but this campaign is for, um, you know how now they're doing Oreos with like all different flavors and colors and stuff oh, in the yeah. middle. And it's sort of become yeah. almost like a, uh, I don't want to call it a collection, but like people want to try the different yes. weird ones. It right? is so smart. It, it, it's like a good workplace thing too. Yeah. Like uh, this engineer that I used to work with at KCRW, the engineering office was way, way in the back. But if you go all the way back you know so the engineers might feel kind of disconnected from the rest of the station but people would always go back there because the engineers would fill up their engineer or their cookie jar with whatever crazy oreo cookie flavor of the day was and, yeah. and then people would bring the, the if i was out in the store and i saw a new flavor i'd buy them and bring it to them it's a great strategy it's a great strategy right i agree um they all pretty much taste the same no way i mean are you kidding me no i'm not like, a, you think a green tea Oreo cookie tastes the same as a black and white Oreo cookie? No, and I'm not saying I couldn't tell the difference, but I would say it's like a light uh, tweak on the mm. very strong flavor of the cookie and the mm. the cream. The I don't know. Like, cream. lemon ones, that's a totally different flavor. It's like a lemon cookie. Anyways, we don't have to fight about this. Well, this we'll is, fight about this later. This is a kind of... I love this one, although it's not... It's a little bit lost in the podcast listening audience because it's kind of visual, but it uses a Tegan and Sarah song that was, I believe, created for this specific. It's mm. not like a Tegan and Sarah song right. song. Um, but it's this really nice visual, the use of like the really iconic circle cookies. And then when you like rotate them, you see the sandwich with all the different colors in them. It's just really pretty. Wonder if we tried a new thing, looked inside, see what we can bring for. wonder if they wrote this because the song is called wonder filled and that's clearly their tagline oreo's tagline is wonder filled mm-hmm. but it also sounds like it's not i mean it's ab- I mean, they meant about, they say the word flavors yeah i guess so and it says in i spot that this song was written for this commercial oh it says that it was written yeah. for the commercial i also noticed that they uh again use the word crazy in this and it's prominent like kind of crazy flavors yeah or something. we talked about that last i week. think yeah i think we're a long way ahead of the world on uh Changing that in maybe marketing so can language. I still maybe I'll still go back to saying it again. Uh, the wonder so that wonder filled campaign is kind of I, I would say Oreo's main campaign right now. Um, Oreo is very proud of being the most popular cookie in the world. They claim to be anyway. Um, and when they hired, uh, I forget the now the name of the uh, the the ad agency. I think it's the Martin Agency is their agency mm. now. They were basically like, we want to go from most popular cookie in the world to eternal icon right and so you can see they're really trying to do that here with like they're not do it's not a funny commercial and it's not like it's not about like a little domestic scene where a grandpa and a granddaughter eat a cookie Mm -hmm. they're really going for something that's like designy and artistic and and focuses on the iconography of the cookie itself In a, almost a warholian yeah way. exactly and so i think that's interesting i mean that's an interesting turn for a brand to, to decide to make it's like 
their their sales did go up significantly um, mm. since they decided to make that strategy change. I and don't stop being so nostalgic too. You're yeah. right; they really leaned on nostalgia, but now that this this leans more into the present. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I notice I see. So it's a song. I don't know if it's all going to be the same song, but there's a whole campaign, and it's always different bands and acts doing the music. This one is by somebody called Chitty Bang. Do you know this? Let me just click through a few of these. Oreo, I wonder if I gave an Oreo to all the people at the high school I go to. If I gave them to my friend in the hallway, would it keep an optimistic outlook all day? And if I gave them to the lady on the PA, would she take my favorite record, put it on the replay? Replay, cause the cream does a wonderful thing. When it comes to wonder filling, yeah, you know it's the king. You could twist it, you could lick it, you could dunk it in milk. Yeah, it's the little sandwich cookie and it's wonderful. That is great. Do you think that song was written for that commercial? I'm sure he wrote it for <laughs> something else. No, now that I understand this campaign, I'm really into this. I've heard of Pentatonix. I don't really know their work, but I, I, this is such a great idea. Get yeah. a bunch of musicians to write their own songs And for it your proves product. that sweets don't have to be jerks. Yeah. Now, this doesn't seem to be a commercial. This seems but to this be some sort of a viral has, video. Yeah, but I have heard... Uh, the Pentatonix, I think, are like... Aren't they like a quasi-well-known acapella group? I didn't realize that until now, yeah. but this seems I think, to I think bear they were, that out. I think I recognize them from a bit a bit appearance in uh, Pitch Perfect. Okay, oh, that would make sense. All right, give me... <laughs> if, if you'll allow it. I just want to hear one more. I'm very into But that song that they're covering is one that I've... It, that's been part of this campaign that I've seen other... I've seen used in the okay. commercial. Now, here, let's see what Casey Musgraves does. Wonder if I gave an Oreo to this cute guy that I used to know Would he have dumped his girlfriend? Type that email and hit send Would it not have ended like it did? Would we now have kids? Oh, I don't know Whenever it takes And so the wow. animation on that is like that really tweet. That kind is of, about how you might not need an Oreo. You might need therapy. <laughs> I, I wonder re- if I'd given an Oreo to the, <laughs> my, that, my boss at my last job if I wouldn't have gotten fired. Did I say this? It seems like a, a, like a you could see this in the new girl, that kind of twee kind of, yeah. um, or a Jenny. It's very Jenny Lewis. Yeah, Jenny Lewis, um, and, and and all of these animations are you know are very cute. Anyway, very cool idea. I think. I mean, everything that you said, Vives, leading up to this about like the iconography, but also then like kind of giving bringing in artists writing actual songs about it, and then changing the animation based on that. Yeah, very cool. Very cheese. Chi. A, a chi indeed. A chi indeed. <laughs> um, great. I love that campaign. I don't think I've seen those in the wild. I'll start paying more attention. Yeah, I've seen a few of them. Some of them I went and found today because I um, I was looking for them specifically, but I definitely have seen and heard some of those Oreo songs. Mm. So um, I think Oreo is interesting. It, it really is an iconic cookie, and they uh, they really just decided to shoot the moon. You know? Yeah, I'm into it. It looks like you, you have a bunch of Mars. Yeah. Mars owns all the other candies we haven't talked about yet. Right? Basically, Mars owns a lot of chocolate for sure. Um, and I wanted to talk about, uh, so Mars's uh, PR firm, or I'm sorry, marketing advertising firm is uh, BBDO, who we've, we've talked about in the past, or global giant mm-hmm. mar- uh, advertising firm. Um, and they do, among other things for Mars, they do the Snickers and Milky Way campaigns, which are pretty similar, probably about as similar as the candy bars. Um, well, okay. You don't think they're similar candy bars? Well, let's let's just break it down for a second. So um, Snickers and what? Milky Way. Milky Way. So M- S- Milky Way has the nougat, right? Um, yes, but so does Snickers has a layer at the bottom that's similar that's, to yeah, Milky Way. Right, but Milky layer. Way because I didn't eat the candy biggest as a differential kid, but if is the a, Snickers can, is the peanuts. Peanuts and caramel. There's that, no caramel in a Milky Way. Yeah, there is. You're thinking of Three Musketeers. I am. Yeah, I am indeed. Yeah. My apologies. That was my go-to as a kid. If I was allowed to get like a candy bar, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Three Musketeers. I'd kind of take it apart with my hands and make balls out of the nougat. Don't tell anybody. 
Gross. That's great. Anyway, I'm sorry to cut you off. Okay, so similar ad campaigns. Yeah, so sort of similar ad campaigns. Um, The Snickers campaign, they have done, they've actually had a sort of a, a number of iterations of this campaign, but it's all been around this idea that without Snickers, you're not yourself. And for a while, they were having celebrities um, be in a situation where the celebrity is acting like their stereotypical self. If it's Robin Williams, he's like bouncing off the walls. If it's Roseanne Barr, she's, you know, like screeching at somebody. And then you take a bite of the bite of the candy bar. And then it turns out you weren't a jerky Roseanne Barr the whole time. You were just my cubicle mate acting like a jerky Roseanne Barr. Right, exactly. And the person who gives you the Snickers to revive you says like when sometimes you act like X when you're, you know, like you act a little bonkers when you don't have when you're hungry or you act a little cranky when you're hungry mm. or whatever and famously i think famously at least in this show they jumped the shark with the johnny manzel one because it didn't make sense anymore johnny manzel was acting one way and then he bites into the snickers and then he's still johnny manzel but he calms down or something he they, they, they starts, screwed he just, around he, went, he goes it. from being a an aerobics instructor to oh, right. uh, to a football player going back to i johnny. thought it was actually okay the way they played with the formula but all right um, I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're predisposed to not like Johnny Manziel. True that. Um, they've sort of taken that idea of you need Snickers to concentrate or you need Snickers to be at your best mm-hmm. um, and extended it to some other things, some other scenarios, including this one that's called Recovery Room. Um, it's set in a hospital room. There's a patient lying in bed. There's a woman who appears to be from, I would guess, legal um, she's talking to the patient, and there's and his doctor uh, is sitting next to him, looking concerned, and he's still like wearing his scrubs. They're talking about a cell phone that's been left oh, in yeah. the patient. I don't like this. Uh, very sorry. And we're gonna get the phone, his phone, uh, out of you as soon as. Now the phone starts ringing in the patient's belly. You can, you can see it. You can see it lighting up in there. So he, this guy's got a lot wrong with him then, because that's not like that's not in his stomach. That's somewhere between his dermis and his organs. Yeah. I have to. I have to take this. What? Just a little pinch, sweetheart. Hi, I left honey, my phone. In, totally I'm having phone issues. Bye. We're gonna fix this. So obviously he, the phone rings. The doctor is talking. To his wife through this guy's stomach. It's pretty gross. It's very gross. It's very grim. I mean, you know, I don't mean to, I don't mean to, you know, like you could take any scenario in which something bad happens to a person at commercial and say like, well, that did happen to a real person. But actually people do die because a lot of like, because of things getting left inside Like Junior Mint. (laughs) Well, that's also a fictional example. No, I saw that in a documentary called (laughs) Seinfeld. (laughs) Um, but no, I mean, I don't really mind the the darkness of it per se. But it does take me back to this question that I have about like, why is candy? Why is candy why be about so weird? being so mean? Not even just weird. This isn't even that weird to me. It's just awful. Can I see how they end up tying it to it? Uh, we're gonna fix this. Needless to say. Okay, resuming play. Oh, I see. So then um, uh, Siri or whatever hears him say that, misunderstands, starts playing that song. And then the tagline at the end is, you're careless when you're hungry. But they put careless in that very famous, we've talked about this on the show before, one of the most recognizable brand mm-hmm. fonts and logos. They put careless. The blue in, the blue text or with the white uh, or with the brown border. Yeah, red. I think it's a red border, right? Um blue text on white with a red border kind of in italics and so I think this campaign it'll punch in all different kinds of words in that font and they started releasing um, candy bars I think for a while there that instead of saying Snickers they didn't even say Snickers on them they just said various words in that Snickers font yeah they and they would put it on like cabs and things and they I you know speak talking of icons like we were with Oreo Mm -hmm. uh, Snickers has done such a nice job with their branding that it's instantly recognizable yeah that's very cool Um, but I agree with you I don't know why it's got to be kind of so dark it reminds me what was the commercial there's another there's another there's a delivery room commercial I think that you and I were very much put off I by. think it was Doritos where yeah. the baby like shoots out of the woman to get the Doritos. Isn't there another one though where it's clear that it's not the father in the room? Remember we talked about this? A guy comes oh, in at the end? Yeah, I don't remember what product that was for, but you're right. There's a product where, there's a commercial where um, it's like 
need to get maybe is it, is it the need to get away campaign for um for some sort of travel service oh maybe yeah um because like he got the bad news that he's not the dad yeah. Anyway, I, I can't think of any good hospital commercials that make me feel good about the product, unless it's for a medical product. Right. Yeah. I generally don't want to be in a hospital. Um, well, this is le- this next one for Snickers is less. And I want to talk a little bit about Snickers and Milky Way and Mars generally, but let's go through a couple of these and then I'll talk about some of the research that I did. Um, this is a recent one that I'm seeing all the time. Um, it's two very brief vignettes about how you uh, are not yourself when you're hungry. Um, the first one is a cheer. She's a lone cheerleader standing on a football field um, doing sort of a half-hearted cheer. Go Lions! Or Bears! Indecisive, try salty and sweet Snickers. It's, what do you say? Indecisive? Yeah. Try salty and sweet. Yeah, and salty and sweet is some, I think it has like um, some peanut brittle or something in it. Wow, so that was a six-second commercial, and then it goes directly into this one. I, I've Now I remember this, and it goes directly in a completely different scene, totally unrelated. You see an old lady, very cranky-looking lady, on her um, sitting in her you know living room, and she's holding a um, she's on the phone talking to somebody, and she's holding like you know a piece of construction paper that says like "Love Tracy" or something. Clearly, she's holding a piece of art that maybe one of her grandchildren made her, right? And she's talking on the phone to said grandchild. Yeah, I got it. What the hell is it? Irritable. Try espresso Snickers. And that was for uh, Snickers espresso flavor. I kind of like that one, although again, why you got to be so? Why rude? has everybody got to be so rude? I don't know. Um, yeah, I just I think like the sort of meanness of this campaign is uh, slightly off-putting to me. I think Snickers does a great job, and I thought that the celebrity like you're not you when you're uh, when you're hungry uh, was smart. But I think some of these other ones, and I think the same thing with the Milky Ways that we're going to look at in a minute. Um, Milky Way. It's just so, uh, the idea is that like, unless you're chowing down on their chocolate, you're just a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the Milky Way campaign goes a step further and says, you're also a horrible person when you eat their product. Okay. What happens in these? I don't know if I've seen. Th- these are called, the premise here is they're called, it's called sorry. And everybody has to apologize. Everyone who's eating a Milky Way is so distracted by eating a Milky Way that they then do horrible things to their friends. This is the one where it's a bunch of things in a row, right? And then at the end, you see somebody is tattooing somebody in their tattoo parlor, and they've made some huge mistake. I can't remember what it is right now. It's probably the no regrets joke or something. And then they're just like, sorry, I was distracted with my candy yeah. bar. And it's like, you just... And which screw, is it? Like, why would I, why would I want to... If you don't have a Snickers, you're going to be so absent-minded, you'll leave a phone in somebody. If you do have a Milky Way, you're going to be so absent-minded, you'll leave a phone in somebody. So this first one, it looks like these guys are moving a couch, and one of them is trapped underneath it. While yeah, two guys are moving thing. a couch, and the guy whose couch it is is trapped underneath it because his friend is only using one arm because he's busy eating his Milky Way. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, now they're, uh, this is a road crew, and the woman's eating a... Uh, Milky Way and the um, she's painted the yeah. lines on the road that keep the cars going straight in a crazy mishmash. Yeah, again, thinking of Seinfeld here. Red Gertz. Sorry, I was eating a Milky Way. I hate that one the most because she's such a jerk about it. Yeah, like like he shouldn't be he shouldn't be upset about having a bad permanent tattoo. There's one um, that I want to play that I that I see all the time that uh, involves two girls, um, and it's about she uh, they're they're out they're outside. I don't know if they're camping or just at the beach. And one of them asks for the sunscreen, but her friend is so busy eating a Milky Way that she gives her. The bug spray or vice versa. Maybe she asks for the bug spray and gets the sunscreen. So she's either going to get burned by the sun or eaten by a giant bug. Right. Okay. I said I'm sorry. I was eating a Milky Way. Hey, pass me that bug spray. At least it was SPF 50. And her friend is like just obliterated with bug bites. Oh, God. Um, And it seems, again, that one doesn't even make a ton of sense just Mm -mm. as a story. Um but also, it's disgusting. That is disgusting. So this whole campaign is is very strange to me. Both campaigns, as I said, are BBDO. Um, 
BBDO and Snickers, or Mars actually, I guess, definitely Snickers, were together for 10 years um, from 1996 uh, to 2006. And then uh, Snickers left BBDO to try like a new new place, a new ad agency. Then four years later in 2010, they, they came back to BBDO um, and they said... Uh, I, well, first, let me tell you why they left BBDO. So this is this is um, uh, BBDO talking. This is David Lubars, who is the chairman and chief creative officer. He said that back then in like t- 2006 or so, when, when Snickers left their agency, he said it was the era of jackass movies and Maxim. Mm-hmm. And we had a campaign that appealed to guys in their 20s, but polarized everybody else. Um, so, for example, they had like a man wearing a toupee made of Snickers bars uh, who's sobbing in his car after his coworkers tell him that they know that he's really bald. And then, like, the tagline is, it's only satisfying if you eat it, which, yeah, what? like, wig of candy bars. I'm, can I look? Did you look that one I up? I didn't look that one up. Can you find it on the fly? Let me just see if I can. Yeah, it looks like here, it, Snickers bald commercial. Um, let's see here. But, yeah, like, it's interesting because I, I can see how that would be super... Uh, Super polarizing. So I've never seen this before. It's a dark garage. just like a sedan is there. I assume we're going to see the guy crying inside now. Nobody can tell you. Um, Steve, we just want to let you know we know you're bald. So he apparently has male pattern baldness because we can see the hair around the sides of his head. But the very top of his head, he's got about, I don't know, I'm going to say... 10 Snickers taped to the top of his head. We think you should stop wearing the Snickers. What do you mean? It's not fooling anyone. (laughs) Now that was a flashback. Now he's back in his car just crying with this memory. What? (laughs) And then at at the end he's crying and he takes off his candy bar toupee i like that i kind and of and then it says it's only satisfying if you eat it like don't use snickers for any other purpose than eating yeah i'm not mad at it i'm not sure if it makes me want to eat a snickers really no, but it, the joke not. doesn't offend me or i don't find it gross i actually find some of their newer stuff grosser yeah me too i like that so that was not bbdo or that no, was that, that was oh, okay. and that was one of the ones that they that according to their their spokesperson is why snickers left them for somebody <laughs> else um, it says it didn't make grandma want to eat a Snickers. We shouldn't be. You don't have to. Don't. Who's marketing to grandmas well, for candy? You market towards the youth. Everybody eats candy. I know, but that obviously in a case like this, you market towards the youth okay. so that they it becomes part of their. Well, life Snickers forever. wants everyone, right, right, um, right. and so they returned to BBDO, but this time with a big demand uh, from the parent company, which is Mars. Um, and apparently, this is Mars talking. We wanted a worldwide campaign that could unite our markets behind an idea so powerful it could inspire consumers to make it the world's favorite chocolate bar. Um, God, these people are so high on their own supply. They're so high on their own supply. I mean, you got to do it. I mean, that's the. I mean, I would talk yeah, that kind of shit too. I do too. Job, and and like, in my job, you know, we talk in grandiose language all the time about world's greatest. You know, but like it is, it's hilarious when you're thinking about a candy bar. We want to change the way people relate to their candy. Yeah, I mean, that's that would not sound out of place no. at one of these meetings. Um, Lou Bars, the uh, BBDO guy, says he gave his word. Uh, quote. I promised it would be funny and high quality, but everyone could love it. Like the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not saying the candy is the Beatles of candy. He's saying the commercials are the Beatles are the, of candy commercials. Of candy commercials. Yeah, but which one's Ringo? Uh, I think Milky Way. Um, so, so clearly like... Snickers and Mars generally, which is a big family of products, is like, you know, really guns coming out guns blazing. But I did want to also tell you about this social media campaign uh, that they ran in Australia just for Snickers. Now, do you remember the hangry campaign that Snickers yeah, did? Great campaign. Yes. We talk about, I guess we did a show about taking two words and putting them together. Portmanteaus. Portmanteaus. Egg sandwich. Um 
but I don't know if we ever talked about just inventing your own language. Well, I guess hangry, uh, hangry is, is a hangry poor is man's a portmanteau. Hungry and angry. Yeah. It's so brilliant. Yeah. They and they captured a word that actually should have been part of our <laughs> a part of our lexicon anyway, I feel like. That idea of like, yeah, sometimes we're hungry and sometimes we're angry at things, but there is a very specific emotion that is hangry. Yes. Which is where when they're related like that. And they really just nailed it. They did. Well, listen to this. This is so interesting. And, you know, we talk about... There's a lot of jibber-jabber about, like, social media and marketing and, you know, interactive campaigns and blah, blah. And a lot of that's, like, you, you slap a hashtag on something and call it a day. That's sure. not really, like, sure. innovative. But this is actually quite innovative. Um, this was, I think, I want to say, like, last fall, maybe. Um, Mediacom Melbourne and the Australia BBDO office or, you know, division, whatever, mm-hmm. um, linked the public's general irritability as measured by internet chatter with the price of Snickers. Um, so the more outraged people would get online, like mm-hmm. as like temperatures rising online, um, the cheaper the candy became at Australian Seven Elevens. You mean they actually they didn't they just dropped the price? They dropped the price. Yeah, so I thought at first you meant that they were like linking them and saying, "See, when the candy's too," but I was like, "Why would you ever point out that your candy's too expensive?" No, the angrier people, the hangrier saying... people get, the cheaper the Snickers gets. And so listen to this. How Isn't would... that encouraging the public to be more nasty online to lower the price of candy? It is. That's not their problem. That's not their problem. Um, they built a custom-built algorithm, which they called a hungerism. Mm. Um, to anal- lost me with hunger. They were able to analyze uh, fourteen thousand social posts a day across all the different platforms. Um, and they, when consumers were at particularly hangry moments, like in traffic jams or when crappy weather is happening, or, or when the airline makes you check your bag, yes. even though there's plenty of room in the bins. Ahead. I bet you, you know, at, at, on a day like yesterday, like where everybody was super delayed because of storms at LaGuardia, that would have been a time, mm-hmm. you know, if this campaign were happening here. So Australia is also a much smaller place. I yeah. think it's like a more manageable way to do that. Yeah. Um, they would get so when people were in those moments, like yesterday, if I tweeted angrily about tweeted angrily the, about the airline situation. You would have gotten, for example, on Instagram, um, you would have seen a post from Snickers, like a sponsored post saying, um, "Here's a coupon for Snickers and directions to your nearest Seven Eleven." And it would have been targeted towards me. Now, do I have to when I'm sending out my shitty tweet? Do I have to copy them, or they're just they're going, just they're monitoring, just looking, and just like some random person is kind of like, "Hey, just, guess what? You need to calm data. down, Walsh." Wow. Well, yeah, and it's like, and it's probably going to you and anyone else in that general geography, mm, you know. And, and maybe a plane is a bad example because you're you're trapped there. But right. like, if you're in your car, if everyone's in traffic, or everyone's uh, experienced a storm, or political shenanigans, like apparently there's some big scandal and. Um, Australian politics, really people mad, yeah, and a scandal in Australian politics where everybody treats each other with so much respect. <laughs> um, so real-time reactionary Facebook and Twitter posts would address breaking news like Brexit, Trump's election, Game of Thrones spoilers, yeah. the Australian federal election. Uh, the promotion updated every 10 minutes, 144 times a day. Um, and they led, and it led to the price of a Snickers bar changing more than five thousand times during a five-week period. That's pretty. That that's also tapping into like this kind of like the Bitcoinization of the world. You know what I mean? People kind of get into like the gamification, the gamification of it. Yeah. Of, 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 yeah, it was rolled out with like tons of ads, I and mean, yeah. people knew this was happening. So it was like, how can we get Snickers prices down? I don't know how seriously people took the game, but like. It's kind of dystopian, right? Like, yeah. the angrier we get. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and then speaking of getting angry, this is the last thing I want to share about Mars today. This really probably turned into, like, Mar- the Mars show. But um, this is an interesting article in Vox. Um, over the past 30 years, food companies, particularly Mars, but uh, including places, uh, companies like Nestle and Hershey's, um, have poured millions of dollars into scientific studies and research grant grants that support science science that shows that chocolate that cocoa is healthy for you Mm. so every time you see one of those studies it's like turns out dark chocolate is actually a superfood right yeah like this has all been paid bought and paid for by the candy companies yeah and so there's this like they talked about this particular um avocado dark chocolate bar that was 600 calories that was being marketed as health food oh my god that's not how it works that's not how any of this works um, one of the most hilarious details in this to me is that one of the scientists who is quoted is a New York University a nutrition researcher named Marion Nestle, but she's not, she's <laughs> no, not related. No relation. Um, but it's just crazy. Like, there is no science that says 
cocoa is intrinsically good for you. I mean, there's nothing that's definitive. And even if it were, pairing it with sugar and fat is wiping out whatever marginal health benefits cocoa might have. No, there are so th- there have been studies about the bunk studies. I think you can even. I think there was a really good. I want to say on the media, boom, 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 <laughs> um, that talked about one person who just decided I'm going to create a fake press release or just invent a study and start shopping it around, and they just tracked how it like got picked up. Press release goes out. People start talking about it on the morning shows. Nobody is fact checking. Yeah. It's like w- turns out wine will keep you alive an extra seventeen years. Chocolate, wine, eggs, anything that we love to eat. Yeah, like food will keep you alive. Yeah, that's probably this about as far as that goes. I meant Cadbury eggs. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I see a familiar name. I don't know why I would sing that anyway, especially over the top of another song. But maybe I'm in a singing mood because it looks like our first note comes from listener Jeffrey, who is actually our chief jingle officer. Yeah, Jeffrey posted this to the Facebook page, and I thought it was really funny and worth playing. Um, there's this. Uh, this is by a comedy troupe called The Cloons, um, and they do. A, they've done a number of videos i watched some of them like they're middling i would say some of them are kind of funny this one is funny and and it's so relevant to us because it is this perfect distillation of the way certain kinds of commercials look and sound and it and it just really breaks it down remember there was they did a thing similar thing not they not this group but someone did a similar thing with a ted talk a while ago where they someone gave a quote ted talk that was just a parody of how all uh, TED Talks look and sound by by talking through how TED Talks look and sound like. Now you'll see, I'm going to turn to this graph behind me. And it's not even a graph. It's a picture of the globe. <laughs> but the thing about the picture of the globe, and you know, it's just like that, that uber reasonable right. walking around on stage, like breaking down all the theatrical elements of a TED Talk. Right, right, right. Well, that's what this does with like with commercials and it's called every commercial ever can i just play this for you too though because that reminds me of this anything can be a slam poem if you say it like this it's pointless <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Leslie note from parks and rec i actually want to watch that ted talk thing because it is in fury i just I, it yeah it's really killer I'll, I'll look for it okay so this is the this is called every commercial ever by the clunes. And yeah, and you got a you got a white guy with a beard driving a car and then he's going to get out of the car and kind of walk through a house. You're special. Your life's different. That's why we made this one commercial that tested to reach millions. Sure, we could have made something different for each one of you, <laughs> but you're too unique for that. So we made this one 60-second commercial <laughs> to let you personally know that we understand you. That we're on your side. That's why you should give us your money in hopes that our product or service will bring you lasting happiness. Or at the very least, distract you from the feeling that you're missing something. This is so great. Everyone around you. He's like walking around. He's he's putting away the groceries. Kind of. Did he put the bananas in the cupboard? By the way, is he kind of doing? While we're paying attention to him, I think he's doing some weird things. Yeah, uh, it's just sort like of walking it's just around, sort of stage to the business camera. in the yeah. house. Yeah. Oh God, this is so good. This will bring you lasting happiness, or at the very least, distract you from the feeling that you're missing something. The feeling that everyone around you is making small talk to avoid thinking about the fact that no one really knows what the fuck is going on. And that life as you know it will certainly end because you're going to die. So stop dreading life and start avoiding it with our product or service. (laughs) Grand, give us your money and we'll give you a temporary distraction from your meaningless life. That is spot on. Yeah, Jeffrey, thanks for posting that to the Facebook page. That reminds me of what was all that stuff like? I'm talking like 15 years ago now. um, Like um, Ad Busters. Yeah. uh, That book, Commodify Your Descent, that Mm -hmm. our friend Paul, I think I still have my friend Paul's copy of that. I still haven't read it. Um, But all of that stuff that just like really destroyed marketing and looked at it on a. Yeah, it was back then that was revolutionary to think about. And now I feel like we all know that to be the case, that we're we've all become commodities and we all know that our own like our value is our personal data. And it's funny. We all just sort of like, like, yeah, but it's fun to be alive today. It's like we were all mad when they put the backscatter machines in the airports. And now we all just go stand there with their hands above our heads like a bunch of criminals. What I like to do is I like to jiggle my junk when I'm in there. Just give them a little (laughs) give them a little show. I mean, why not? We're doing it anyway. 
Um, okay, so this is this next thing is from new listener Brian. New Thanks. listener. New. I always like to call them out when they're A new. New listener. Hello, Brian. Welcome to the show, my friend. And this is for Rainier Beer. Now we love Rainier. We love the old, you know, Ray, you know, the, yeah, right. the motorcycle. And of course the old we weren't around for this, but the classic, the running of the, the running beer of the bottles. beer bottles. Yep. Um, this is one that I didn't know about, but there was a whole series with actor Mickey Rooney in the 70s. And a whole series of them yes. with Mickey? Is he have a local connection? I don't know. Local I tried to find out why he did it, and all yeah. I could find was like, it seems like Rick, Mickey Rooney needed some money. <laughs> um, so this is, he did a bunch of, and they're so low low production, um, but uh, Brian posted this to say how much he enjoyed, he remembered enjoying it. And I think it was kind of like for people who grew up around here, it's kind of a, kind of an iconic uh, campaign. So this is Mickey Rooney wearing what appears to be um, like a Canadian a, a Mountie. Mountie uniform um, in front of some sort of fake mountain backdrop. Is that Rain- I guess it's Rainier. Although it- why he would be a Canadian. I don't know. And then um, with him is a woman uh, in white and she's going to be singing. I couldn't figure out who she was. Like this all very feels very like thrown together. Mountain fresh My favorite beer. And when I ask you for me, you pour one for me, I pour one for you. He is making all kinds of weird faces that don't seem to have any. Oh. Relation to what he is singing. No, she's singing kind of lovingly towards him, and he looks like. Uh, terrified. He's looking for yeah, no he reason. Scared and we- wigged out. Yeah. I don't know. That one's very strange. That was from 1977. This one is from 1976. You yeah, know, this one here? I just grabbed on my own because when I was looking into this campaign, this one was actually got kind of people were more nostalgic about it. Okay. It's really confusing visually. Um, it's shot just like a mishmash of shots, but it's like a safari scene uh, with Mickey Rooney hunting the wild Rainier. And the wild rainiers he's hunting are like the bottle, the, the, the huge bottles, bottles with, the with the legs. Oh, that makes me sad. Don't kill the rainier. Come on, Boone. Stay close to me, will you? Running wild rainier beers high in the Cascade Mountains with Mickey Rooney and Boone Kirkman. Here he comes. He's a dandy. Mick, get your glass. I'll get the glass. I've got it. Now pop his cap. Whoa! Look out! He's gone! Well, one thing, they didn't all get away, I'll tell you and tell us, Mick, were you thrilled at seeing the wild rainier? So you see him saying, well, they didn't all get away. I'll tell you that. At the, so they got scared of that big giant rainier bottle, but now they are, it's later. They're sitting on Mickey, their you wouldn't Jeep. know what to do with a giant rainier if you caught it. Exactly. But he's got one that seems to make a lot more sense to me, a regular-sized bottle of rainier, and he's drinking it. And it, I guess there's a, a, a news reporter there. Is that who the other guy is? Boom, whoever he said? I'm sure it's, yeah, someone that um, you people around here might know the name. Uh, but it's not someone, it wasn't a name I recognized. Okay. Well, one thing, they, they didn't all get away, I'll tell you. And tell us, Mick, were you thrilled at seeing the wild rainier? Yes, I was, Vern. He was big and cold and mountain fresh, too, everything you want. We'll get him next time, Mick. Shut up. And next week, shut we up. search for the elusive Did you say shut up? Yes. <laughs> so we'll get him next have, time, Mick. I have shut a up. strong feeling that this was done in a single take. Yeah, you think so? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I do like. I do like the. Um, I love the just ha- sort of half acidness of it. Yeah, yeah. You have an idea for a show. Can I say this by the way? Um, that we should really. Do- I think we need somebody from Detroit to do this. Oh with yeah. Us, though, but we want to do a show. Maybe the person is in our listening audience. Hit us up. Well, or somebody. If you have an idea uh, for somebody. Yeah, one of you. And I'm sorry, I'm not looking at the email right now. One of you wrote in. I think it was Catherine wrote in and said uh, how she pointed out how many uh, of those Detroiter ads are the tv show the detroiters yeah are parodies or references to real things in detroit and we we loved the detroiter we love the detroiter so much we thought it might be fun to put together a whole um this is this is the fake one this is the real one that it's parody right right somebody can give us a little context on that uh also i'll look online too and see if there are people i mean there must be somebody it'd be nice to have like maybe a media and like somebody who follows this stuff but is also a Detroiter, somebody who lives in Detroit. Maybe, yeah, well, I, I'm kind of guessing Catherine is. Yeah, okay. Um, well, uh, let's see here. You, I know, if I'm sorry if I'm 
kind of rushing a little bit here. You're going to last time or like two two shows ago, you were rushing out to go to some event about birds that ended up being too packed. Now, is it true you are rushing out of here to go do like to a fundraiser about bunnies? Yes, I have Bunny a friend, rabbits. I have a friend who uh, is active in this nonprofit that helps uh, rat bunnies that like, you know, I guess are adopted as pets, but then are like abandoned or whatever, you know, like any pet. Rescue bunnies. Rescue bunnies. Um, Is this friend of yours snacks the bunny? No. Uh, no. So that seems a little self-serving. Be, and a little on the nose. Um, but sh- this, is a, this is a nonprofit, and I should give them a plug, actually. Um, but I'm going to try to go to this event, because not because I'm, to be totally honest, not because I'm super in- interested in, like, becoming a big bunny booster. Um, <laughs> big but- bunny boosters. Uh, but this is for um, Special Bunny Rabbit Rescue. Hmm. I never heard of it. Uh, so what time does that start? Well, it actually started. So when we finish here, I'm uh, going to go maybe well, catch the last hour. What time is it now? Oh, now it's jingle time. God, I'm just trying to get to this. <laughs> I thought you want to hear about the bunnies. It's jingle time. Speaking of our friend Jeffrey Wilser, the, uh, or is it Wilser? Wilser? Our chief jingle officer, thank you for making that. Uh, we got a voicemail from somebody who wants to sing us a jingle. Is this correct? Yes, yeah, from listener Cheryl. Hey, Genevieve. Hey, Andrew. This is Cheryl from Corvallis, Oregon. Um, I'm calling with a jingle. I was out shopping today, and I was reminded of a jingle from my childhood. We went to Burlington Coat Factory because I needed some clothes for my kids for an upcoming wedding. Just met a guy who works for Burlington Coat Factory. I learned something, not a reference to Burlington, Vermont. Oh. Right? Because it turns out it's based in New York, it's based in uh, a city in New York somewhere, right? Or no, Philadelphia? Oh, I, di- I didn't talk to him. I know who you're talking about, but I didn't, we didn't get into that. Yeah. Huh. Coming wedding. Mine, actually. Mazel tov. And uh, I got this stuck in my head, so here it is for you. Burlington Coat Factory, them more than great coats. All right, you guys. That's great. Have a great one. Yeah, Bye. thanks, Cheryl. Um, I remember that very well. Uh, that was their refrain throughout the 90s, 80s and 90s. They have labored for many years. Burlington Coat Factory is basically like Ross Dress for Less. It's like a resale kind of store where you can get brand name stuff, but like the remainders and the things that like are last season or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I definitely have shopped there. Love Ross dress for left. Last love Marshall's, you mm-hmm. know, all by the way, based in Burlington, New Jersey. So that apology. Yeah. So it's not Burlington for month, but now they coat. So for years they've been known as Burlington coat factory mm-hmm. and they would always have to have a tagline that was like, we're not just coats. Right. And they finally Almost. changed their name, but then they had to change their name to, or their whole commercial had to become about how they're not called a coat factory right. anymore. So they really, they really kind of overstock.com. We're not just about overstock. Exactly. Yeah. We have a stoop. Hi. We have a stupid name. Hi. <laughs> we have a stupid name. Exactly. Uh, why don't you play this uh, Burlington Coat Factory, which uses the jingle that she's saying? Okay. So this one is from a the random late, one from the late nineties. Late nineties. Okay. Why do you always do better on menswear at Burlington Coat Factory? I can get two suits for the price of what I'd normally pay. Can I just say I don't like that right now because my, my brain was like better on menswear as opposed to women's wear, not as opposed to elsewhere. Other stores. Yeah. I, honestly, and I'm not trying to be funny you can tell because it's not um but then that, i think the guy clears it up okay why do you always do better on menswear at burlington coat factory i can get two suits for the price of what i'd normally pay uh, for one suit elsewhere i love it here it's a great savings fantastic selection and the prices are unbelievable you can afford to look like a millionaire without breaking your bank account you don't have to spend a lot of money to look good here any designer that you need is here i can get any kind of style i want i get my money's worth at burlington coat factory In this case, those actors are labeled as actual customers, and I believe them. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that those are not paid actors. I agree. All right, so, so now you have the newer one. So this now is from- it's just called Burlington, and this is a, ma- a man and woman playing a husband and wife. Um, it, although it does say Burlington customers were paid to appear in this ad, which makes me think 
mm. they were actors who were paid to also go to Burlington. Right. But they explain about how Burlington is not just a coat factory. It's springtime and we're buying coats. Burlington has everything. I came here for a skirt. Sandals. Great shirts. For, for the, the home. home. Beautiful handbags. Getting organized. All the great brands at a fraction of the cost. Burlington. Without coat factory. I get it. Burlington. <laughs> without coat factory. I get it. Oh, man. So I love how much they spell it out there. Yeah. Um, also, it's so hilarious to me. Like, what a different time it was when calling something Burlington Coat Factory was a sounded like a good idea for a retail yeah. experience. Like, none of none of those words say retail experience to me. I mean, I, I'll it's start not, Well, saying, it sounds like budget. And that's what I think probably, that's probably their original thing. factory? Right. We used to go the to... factory is where you make things. We went to a restaurant in Cleveland... Uh, when we were little kids, my parents would buy um, tickets for these. Maybe it was like once a month because I lived, I lived in the rural outskirts of Cleveland. But we would pack up the car, we would put on our Sunday best, and on I think it was Saturday or Sunday nights, uh, my parents would take us to these kids, these good performances for kids at like the Ohio State House and these other like theaters in downtown Cleveland. And it was like a whole thing. Um, and there was a place called the Spaghetti Factory. Oh, yeah. I've definitely been at the was Spaghetti that a, oh, Factory. Oh, that was a chain? No, yeah. Oh, I thought it was a special place. Well, I mean, yours was probably special. Um, yeah, the Spaghetti <laughs> Factory was a chain. Um, when, it, when it's food, I think it's a little bit more like you think it's, like a fun factory. Like nobody thinks <laughs> fun's being manufactured there. But, but you actually do manufacture coats at a factory. So wait a second. You think it's more appealing to refer to your spaghetti restaurant or your Italian restaurant, your fine dining experience as well, a factory. fine dining is a strong word. Versus a place where you're getting budget coats. Yeah, because they are actually making spaghetti at the spaghetti factory. Yeah, that's true. They're not making... You're, there's not... I mean, a factory outlet store is a thing. Yeah, I think people that's understand kind of what, what they, I that think is. that's what they're kind of going for. But the factory itself is where the thing right. is made. But I'll bet you there it is. That's why I'm making that connection. I think that it just evokes this idea. If you go to a place, it's not going to be super fancy. It's going to be packed full of things, and you're going to find some great deals. Not unlike, say, draw, uh, 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 Ross Dress for Less or something like that. Um, anyway, well, very good. Um, thank and you, Cheryl. Thank you, Cheryl. Should we leave it there? You got some... You got some bunnies you got to save, right? Well, at least pet. Are there really going to be bunnies there you can pet? Yes, that's why I'm going. Oh. What did you think I was doing? I thought it was just going to be like a fundraiser where you go and you eat hors d'oeuvres and maybe you bid on some things like it's an auction. Oh, it's an action. You're going to pet bunnies. Yeah, that's You could have saved a, so much time before. It I'm going to go to a place where I can pet bunnies. Yeah. Wow. All right, should we retake that part? <laughs> no. All right, so let's wrap up this show. Thank you, everybody. Uh, please join the fun on our Facebook page. Go to Facebook, type in HTTPS colon slash. Jenny's got bunnies to go pet. Um, you can find us on Facebook. It's a closed group. Just search for After These Messages, answer a couple of questions, and we'll invite you in. Yep, uh, call us at 607-444-5597 if you want to leave us a jingle. You can email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail. All right, thanks, Veeves, for putting this show together today uh, and looking forward to next Tuesday. I'm actually, next week's show is going to be good. I have no idea what it's about, but I have plenty of bandwidth between now and then to put together an amazing show. Great. Next week's show, best After These Messages ever. Okay. Wow. All right, talk to you guys next week. Oh, dip is he's once again back again with the caravan of man's that's from Pakistan. Karachi, Posse, Zaki's poppy. Uh, Red Octagons couldn't stop me.